Hello and welcome to Isme and Conversation, a podcast all about advice for leaders of independent businesses. My name is Ed Palmer and I ask our guests to share practical and implementable tips and advice for business leaders. I also ask them for the best pieces of advice that they've ever received, as well as the worst. On this episode, we have Davide Soller from Strategy in Action. Davide is a professor of strategy and entrepreneurship. He also has a business called Strategy in Action, which is a platform to improve the success rate of your business strategy. So I'm going to be squeezing all the business strategy insights that I can out of Davide to help benefit your business and mine. Davide, welcome to the podcast. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm Davide Sola. I'm Italian by birth, but I've been living in the UK for the last 23 years because I married a beautiful British lady. And my background is I'm an economist and a mathematician from Italy. And then I was very lucky to win a scholarship to study in Paris, Oxford and Berlin. After that, uh, I joined the Internet Revolution. That was 98. And I become a paper millionaire. And then straight after a paper closure, basically I didn't make any money, but that was a great, uh, great experience, a bit costly for the investors, but it taught me a lot, a lot of, uh, of great learnings. After that, I went to work for a distress fund, which uh, if you remember the Pretty Woman film, it is pretty much somebody that goes and buys, a, you know, company that are close to chapter 11 or they're going very south, uh, and you, you try to turn them around. And that was, again, a, a great life experience, learn a lot of skills, cut my teeth there. And after that, I went to work for McKinsey. After that, uh, I, I went to, into a very strange uh, change of career. I become a professor. I always had the academic bug, and I've been teaching ever since I graduated because um, I wanted to give back to my alma mater. And, uh, and then eventually I started to teach, and then they asked me to become the dean. Uh, because they wanted somebody that uh, could understand academia, but also had uh, some business acumen. Uh, 2005 to 2010, I was the dean of ESCP, which is the Col Superior de Commerce de Paris, the oldest business school in the world. Since 2010, uh, when I resigned as um, uh, dean, uh, as director of the UK campus, I started up a company, and this company is uh, called Tree Horizon, and now is evolved yet again into strategy in action and Tree Horizon. It's a firm that is uh, working in order to really make a strategy accessible to different companies because I truly believe that strategies is a tool and a mindset and a set of techniques that should be accessible to as many people as possible. Fantastic. So you talked about making strategy more accessible. Let's make it accessible for anyone listening. For context, can you define what a business strategy is and I guess what it isn't? Well, this is a, a question that uh, unfortunately uh, brings to a lot of very different definitions. So I'm going to give you the, the one that I use and I've been using for many, many years. Uh, but the strategy is one of those terms that is used and abused all the time. So strategy, essentially, it's about making choices. Yeah, Somebody that has a strategy has made clear choices, which means he has chosen not to do certain things and choose to do other things. Yeah. It is a set of choices that leads to actions, yeah? So strategy without action is no strategy. Those actions, uh, they need to have certain characteristics. They need, first and, for, uh, and foremost, uh, to be creative. Great strategy comes from things that you already have, uh, not just things that you dream to have. And that is something that is very important to keep in mind. The second adjective that I like to, uh, strategy is all about coordination. So you can be very, very clever, 
But if your action, they don't take in account uh, the action of your colleagues, uh, then uh, you're going to waste a lot of resource. And last but not least, but very important, they need to be sustainable. Uh, sustainability in strategy means difficult to copy. Because guess what? If you come up with a very good set of actions, uh, that they are very creative and they bring the, the value you're desiring, then other people will try to copy them. So good strategy is difficult to copy. That's the first part of what strategy is. So a set of actions that are creative, sustainable, and coordinated. The second part is that uh, it should be led by a coalition of people, not by one person. It doesn't need to be the best of friends. You don't need to go in holiday together, but you need to have uh, an agenda which is compatible. And last but not least, so the third part of the st uh, definition of, of a strategy is the fact that it's focused. It's focused on a set of priorities which ultimately bring value. So a good strategy, it's always about uh, a set of actions, which are creative, sustainable, and coordinated, are done by a group of people, not one person. That's not strategy. But ultimately, they are focused on few choices, as I said before, which pay off. What does it mean pay off? You achieve a competitive advantage. And what is competitive advantage? Is the ability of creating more value than your competitors. But ultimately, it's about choices. And the choices are four. Yeah? Number one, the destination. In strategy, if it's not clear where you want to get to, all the rest is speculation. Number two is those priorities. Yeah? So what are the paths among the many that I could choose that I will choose to get there? Then, of course, strategy to make it happen, to make it executable, you need to put together actions and projects and, and initiatives. And this is the operationalization. And that's again, is a choice. And last but not least, is a set of choices. Now you're going to check that you are on the right path. Because just writing down a strategy and then praying that it's going to work, that's not good strategy. All of those four choices means that for each one of them, you have more than one option. And you need to choose. And that's tough. Because people, they love to keep many options open and never choose. What happens to businesses that don't have a strategy or a strong enough strategy in place? What happens to those businesses that you've just described who like to have all the options open and don't make choices? So we need to make a distinction between not having a strategy and not having it verbalized. Every business has a strategy. The problem is that it's in your head, yeah? And as I said before, strategy needs a coalition of people. So if it's in your head and the other people do not understand it, they cannot uh, contribute as much to it. Uh, I do not believe that businesses do not have a strategy. You know, they, they do have it. It might be a little bit lousy. It could be better, but they always have it. Whatever you're decided to do this morning, Ed, you decided to come and do the interview with me. That was a decision you took yesterday or you took a week ago. So... You are the strategy. The problem is, is it the best allocation of your time? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you could have done something <laughs> that created more value than uh, listening to a lousy Italian. No, jokes apart. Uh, every business has a strategy. The, the issue is, uh, is it the good one? And uh, did the people understand it? And is it clear enough for the people to follow it or at least give it a chance? And let me give you the three reasons why strategy fails, which might give you a little bit of a picture. So number one, strategy fails, so you assuming that you have one, because people do not understand it. Yeah, so it is complicated, it goes in too many directions, uh, or the language is not clear enough, uh, so there is zero chances for people of following it. Number two is they did, it, did understand it, but they think it's rubbish. Communicate it clearly, you're saying we need to go from A to B, and most people say B is not the right place, 
And therefore, they listen to you, but then in reality, on a day-to-day basis, they go to C, they go to D. And that's the second reason why strategy fails. The third reason is when people have understood it, people agree with it, but unfortunately, they miss the skills or the resources. Let's move on to strategy in action. What does strategy in action do? And what makes it different from other solutions to the problem of business strategy? So strategy in action does, or at least attempts to do, exactly what it says in the tin, putting strategy in action. So what strategy in action attempts to do, and and this is a project I've been working for the last 20 years, is really to codify in a very simple way all the steps, the thinking processes, and the doing processes that the management team have to do to come up first with a strategy, second with a strategy that people understand and agree, and third, a strategy that will allow to really point out the actions that needs to be put in place, maybe to overcome some of the weaknesses, but most important, that, that is going to try to fish where there is fish. A lot of times when we're talking about strategy, people that are attempting to grow businesses in markets where they have a lot of weaknesses, so it's very difficult to win, but even more strangely, into markets where there is not enough fish. And if there is not enough fish, the fact that you are the best fisherman is irrelevant. And this is really what uh, strategy in action, how does it do it? Uh, Through a program that has three layers. The first layer is teaching you how to think. So instead of telling you what to do, I'm teaching you how to fish and how to understand where to go to fish. And this is based on models and frameworks that we've been teaching in business school. And that's the first layer. The second layer is Doing strategy still requires some analytical skills and some skills that uh, require know-how. And we did this by building a software. So we build a software that does all the complicated things. You know what it does because I taught you the technique, but it does it for you so that you reduce the variance of mistakes. And the third thing that it does, the strategy in action, is that it makes you sure and makes you understand what data and insights you require to take fact-based decisions. And this data will come from internal sources, so your accounting uh, software, your maybe sales uh, software or CRM software, and all other data sources you have internal to the company. Many times companies do not realize how much data they already have. You've got plenty. You probably don't use it properly. And the third is, of course, also tell you where to find data that you don't have. So oftentimes, you don't know if you're really doing well because you don't know how competitors do. So this is the notion of benchmarks and having access to benchmarks, which now they're readily available, but you need to know where to look for. So ultimately, strategy in action does four things. Number one is asking you the questions, the strategic question you need to be able to answer. Number two, it associates each of those questions with a framework, with a method, which is rigorous and validated, so that allows you to structure the problem in a proper way. Number three, it tells you what data you need. Number four, it tells you where to find it. And it helps you from the beginning to the end, from the long-term vision, where would I like to be in the next 10 years, down to the budget of next year. Because, of course, if the budget of next year doesn't speak to the long-term vision, then you have two things which are traveling on two different routes. Will it work in any industry? Are there any industries that it doesn't apply to? We are very fortunate and also intellectually we, we love the, the challenges. We did it with charities, we did it with uh, uh, government agencies, but of course the, the sweet spot uh, is commercial companies 
And in terms of industries, of course, the software needs to be configured for the different industries. So, you know, very simply, when you're doing the strategy of a bank or you're doing the strategy of a food company, the PL and the balance sheet, they're structured differently. The operating model is different, but conceptually, both they have a set of financials. They are done in a different way, but they still need a set of financials. They need an operating model, which are all the activities that you need to do. And that's really the big achievement we add, is to create something that is pretty industry agnostic, but it can be configured for each industry, because that's the beauty of it. And what about size of organizations? Does it apply to from large multinationals all the way down to SMEs? Does it apply to everyone? I've done this with companies that are as little as two or three million of turnover and even smaller. Size is really not the problem. It's really the mindset of the management. You know, failing to plan is plan to fail. As Richard Williams famously said about uh, the Williams sisters, up to today, there is the only person that has managed to have two, not one, two daughters uh, managing to be number one in the world, winning Wimbledon, winning multiple uh, Grand Slams. He used to say, failing to plan is plan to fail. Well, it might be that um, Richard Williams is your answer to this question. Now, this podcast is all about advice. Is Me & Co. as a platform is all about finding and providing the right advice for businesses. So can you please tell us the first piece of advice that you've received from anywhere in your life? You know, I, I used to work for a Yorkshireman and he, he taught me some lessons that, uh, you know, I would keep for all my life. And one of them was always telling me, Davide, success is the mirror of effort. And a lot of people think, oh, you need luck. Yes, of course you need luck. But in order to need it luck, you need to be there. And normally to be there, repetition is very, very important. Business is not complex, but it needs certain level of discipline. And the discipline of asking continuously the question, the fact that you win, it's important, of course. But knowing why you're winning, it's even more important. Knowing, you know, you made a plan and things, they went much better than expected. It means you don't know. The same is, and I always give this example, Ed, how many times... You called an urgent meeting because you are below the budget. Many times. I mean, any time we are very below the budget, we will call an urgent meeting. How many times did you call an urgent meeting if you are well above the budget? At best, you call the people to the pub to have a beer and celebrate instead of doing a very in-depth analysis. How the hell we did 200% instead of doing 100% growth? Because clearly there is a number of things we don't know. Anyone that succeeded in any market, the end product was never the initial idea. Never. And even if it looks the same, you go and look at it, they adjusted many, many, many different things. An idea is worth really nothing, except the idea is the trigger to do something. But then the real effort, strategy is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. The 1% of the idea, it's great, but it's 1%. The 99% is going for it and adjusting and keeping adjusting it till you make it work. I love that. I love that. So the, the idea for a business is really just a starting point and has no other value. I, I love that. So that with regard to strategy in action, does that mean that strategy in action is not something that a business would do once? It's something that needs repeating as the, as the business evolves. So your strategy evolves at the same time. Absolutely. Strategy you need at least two levels, yeah? One level is the direction. And you need to have a direction because you cannot change direction overnight every 15 days. 
you need to have a direction which is directionally right, but not precisely wrong. I like to call it freedom within rail. Yeah, you got two rails that shows you the track, but within the rail you can move, and that is where the tactical part. And the tactical part is on a daily basis almost. You do an activity, you do an action, and you see how it works. You adjust it. Then you one exercise I always advise and strategy in action push you to do is on a monthly, quarterly basis ask you four things: what to keep, what is that is working well, what to stop. So what are the things that uh, maybe you finish or is just not working? Number three is what to adapt. Something is kind of working, but it needs a little bit of adjustment. And last but not least is what to add. Is there something we're missing that we need to add? But those are four very simple questions, uh, which will not only get you to take good decision, but also to learn from past decision. Yeah, and that will will create that mindset, uh, which makes a company always be able to renew strategy without even talking about it. I am a great believer that uh, strategy has to be very agile. Part of that adaptability, part of that flexibility around strategy is to do with prioritizing which steps are most important. Does strategy in action help prioritize issues within an organization? I'm Italian, so I, lo- I always like to promote uh, sage Italians. Uh, and there was a, a gentleman <laughs> called Pareto. He was a monk, yeah? He was very smart, and he, and he found out a lot of equivalents. One of the most important one is the Pareto equivalent that says, uh, in most phenomena, 20% of the variables make 80% of the impact. So for many of our uh, listeners, if they look at their business, 20% of their client make 80% of the revenue. 20% of the customer make 80% of the complaints. And that... Uh, brings you to the notion of choosing priority. I mentioned before that strategy is all about choosing a destination. The same is the priorities. You need to choose the fewest number of priorities that will get you closer to that destination. Then within the priority, you need to choose the fewest set of actions that will take you closer to that. And this is something that in strategy in action is intrinsic. You need to choose. And in order to choose, you need to make sure that uh, the fewest decision you take uh, that they're going to bring the most value. Can you give us some some examples of businesses who have used that philosophy and improved over time? So I did mention before that I work in distress funds, uh, and distress funds are those businesses that they go and buy, company that they go south. And my boss, uh, this Yorkshireman, uh, um, he used to tell me, David, we bought this company in Spain, or we bought this company in the north of England, uh, Please go and, you know, you need to um, assist the directors uh, and we need to turn it around. And he would tell me, look, David, you need to do something. It sounds a bit silly, but you need to do it. Yeah. And of course, I had to obey and and do it. And uh, this thing was uh, go and ask the assistant. At that time, every director would have an assistant. Ask them uh, their diary about the last three, four weeks and look at it. And I would do it. And uh, guess what, Ed? What do you think I would find in it? A lot, a lot of meetings. Every hour, a lot of meetings. Of course, those meetings were between themselves. There were no meetings with clients. And typically, meetings are not very good places where to do problem solving. Because, of course, in meetings, there is a paradigm that you need to say something. So if you have 10 people in a meeting and everybody has to say something, says that's already 50 minutes uh, that nothing happens. So he would tell me, Davide, you are now going to say that meetings are abolished. So from now on, no meeting can take place without your consent. And any meeting that uh, uh, will take place 
would need be 15 minutes. And all the meetings, they need to be standing up. And all the meetings needs to have a very clear decision that needs to be taken at the end of the meeting. All of a sudden, uh, people will have in their diary six, seven hours of free time that they can think about what are the decisions and what decision they should take. And all of a sudden, a lot of people realize that in a week, we are the victim of ourselves. So let's go back to the notion of advice. We heard from Pareto. Is that the correct pronunciation? Of- yeah, Pareto. Uh, yeah. Have you a second piece of great advice that you've received in your life or that you've come across in your life? You know, I, I was very, very fortunate. So I, I work with great people. And in strategy, you learn really by looking at other people. One great piece of advice I receive and I treasure it all the time. And this is particularly important for businesses that are on the scaling up phase is to be patient to grow, but impatient to create value. Think about the notion of growth. We talk a lot about unicorns and super fast growth, but those companies, many of them, they become a unicorn and then they deflate and they're sold for a few dollars if they are sold because they fail to create value. And a lot of students of mine, I, I still teach, as I mentioned before, they say, oh, David, you're so traditional. And I said, no, it's not a question of traditional, it's a question I believe in statistics. So if something cannot create value on a small scale, which is called in statistic a sample, it's not because the sample gets bigger that they will create value because fundamentally the logic is wrong. I really advise, and this was told by me by a very famous professor called Clayton Christensen, he said, you need to be impatient to create value. You need to find the formula by which you come up with something that customers are prepared to pay directly or indirectly more than what it costs you. If you don't do that, eventually, you know, the laws of economics and the laws of business will bring you back to reality. And you may have very deep pocket daddy that pays the bill, call it investors, call it, you know, banks, but eventually they will come back to you and say, I need the money back. But on the other hand, once you have found value creation, then you can grow very fast. Be patient to grow doesn't mean to be slow. A patient person is a person that takes a decision when he has sufficient facts. I love that. I love that focus on value and not on scaling. One big mistake I see very often is people say, oh, I've got a goal of going from 10 to 100. I cannot dispute that. That's a great ambition. But then that goal is not aligned with the size of the market where they are. You know, sometimes I make them aware that going from 10 to 100 would mean that they have 200% of a market. It means that you will need, the market will need to double, and the market, in fact, is expected not to double, but only to grow by 10%. You need to find another market, which means maybe that you have to launch a second product because that product has a limitation in the size of the market, or you need to look for a new geography. What if an organization is listening to this, they're interested in strategy and action, what do they do? How do they find you? How do they learn more about the uh, the software? So they can look at strateginaction.io, which is our website, where they can find out what is this about, but also find out advisors that they can help them. And we have an extended network of consulting firms that they can help you to do that and training companies. But you could also decide to learn it by yourself. And we're very open to do that. Because again, our intention 
is not to sell your project. Uh, our intention is that uh, you learn how to do it. And even if you hire a consultant or a training company to do it, they will come there not to tell you what your strategy is, but to help you to learn how to do it and do it years after years. And we, we, in order to make it accessible, we make it as a subscription. Instead of a very big amount of money project, it is something that you pay every year. Also because that will force you to review the strategy every year, uh, at least once a year. And that's something that we believe and you know, our vision is really to democratize access to strategy. Davide, one final question before we wrap up. This podcast, as we discussed, is all about advice. There's been some fantastic advice already. So what I'm after is the worst piece of advice that you've ever received. It, it builds on what I said before, is to grow at any cost. And linked to that is throwing resources at problem. When I was very young, I was given a lot of money because it was the internet um, frenzy. And I thought that outsourcing the problem solving to people that presumably are very, very smart and everything. And, you know, I'm not doubting that they are smart, but that's not the reality. When you're growing, you need to think about how the house should change. You might be a fantastic CEO for a 5 million business, but the lousiest for a 50 million business. And it's not that you become all of a sudden bad. You need a bit more time to learn. People say, oh, you know, how stupid Apple was when they sack Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, at that time, had to be sucked. When he went back to Apple, he was a completely different person. He was a fully refined CEO. But the decision of getting rid of Steve Jobs at that time was the right decision because he was just not prepared. If a company grows 10 times, it doesn't mean your experience grows 10 times with it. The good example is think about the humbleness of the two founders of Google. They took the, the company where, but then when they were a listed company, they said, we're not ready for it. They called a, a seasoned CEO. They stayed there. They learned. And then they took over again eight years later. So the worst piece of advice is grow at any cost, draw resources at the problem. Davide, thank you very much indeed, Davide Sola, for being on the podcast. Thank you. And thank you for, uh, for having me. So thank you very much indeed to Davide Soller from Strategy in Action. If you found these pieces of advice useful and you'd like access to other experts covering all aspects of running a business, firstly, of course, subscribe to the podcast, obviously, but also head over to ismianco.com where, of course, you'll find Davide and Strategy in Action plus all kinds of advice for business leaders. Thanks for listening.